Good morning, lovely people. It is Wednesday, January 18th. Following yet another split week, the Lopes look to get back on track with two games in GCU Arena in front of a full-strength Havocs. After a clash with St. George's Utah Tech, the Lopes face the Wolverines of Utah Valley, a team coming off its first conference loss at the hands of Seattle U, who has only received positive comments from this program. It is a big week and a great opportunity for GCU to build its resume. We are excited to talk about it and hope you are too. A new episode of Win the Whack 2.0 starts now. Big bucket by McMillan for three. Dishes out the blaster for three. Good! Harrison. Up high. Put back by the clock. Push back on Harrison quickly to the clock and drives baseline. Barrel. No doubt about it. Oh, Barry, you bounced out of your seat on that. I oh, did. With a big right hand, give the Lopes a three-point advantage. So I'm at a team dinner the other night. Um, I believe it was Friday night. I had actually just gotten off of a ski day. We have this cool thing that we do in Montana. It's called skiing um, because it snows here. <laughs> wow! <laughs> but I went skiing and then we had a team dinner later that night. It, it was at one of our players' houses. And, you know, I drive up there. It's up in the mountains a little bit. And I get there and I'm like, holy cow, this is a really nice house. And so I start chatting with with the parents of the player who's hosting, you know, and their son is a freshman at GCU this year. Right. And so I asked them, you know, so have you ever visited him and stuff like that? Like, oh yeah. All the time. We have a house in paradise Valley. And I was like, okay, this is making a lot of sense. You know, big house in Montana house in paradise Valley. She goes on and says, we've, we've been to a couple of GCU games this year. Uh, the first one we went to was actually the first game of the season against the Bobcats. And I was oh, like, that? oh, that's crazy. She's like, yeah, one of my friends had courtside seats. So we went to that game and we sat courtside. And I was like, are you serious right now? Just courtside, just randomly. So I was just uh, I was just like, wow. So you got oodles of cash and you're just going to GCU every other weekend to see your son and sit in courtside at the games. Thankfully, they were cheering for the Lopes. Bunch of Montana folk cheering against the Bobcats. Warms my heart. Love it. Yeah, it was a great game. It was. It was very. It, it was very high energy. Yeah, Danny Sprinkle. I don't know if we even covered it in that episode, but Danny Sprinkle, their head coach, he said something about like if we could play every game there at GCU, we would do it. I'm like, oh, that's pretty high praise. So yeah, yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna start with some questionable scenarios? Yeah, let's go for it. All righty. What GCU player from the past? If added to the current roster, helps GCU win the whack and steal a tournament game. All right, man. I have, I have two guys in mind. They're very obvious guys. Okay. But I, I don't know which one would actually be more. Just, just walk me through it. My thought, my thought, my, my first thought is Josh Braun, because okay. I think like just to have a guy that can create shots like Josh Braun would just be so helpful. Right. And then the other, I guess like the obvious thought would be like, well, to have Dwayne Russell, right. Would just be crazy. But um, I think if we here's, so I guess here's, I think Dwayne Russell would make more sense than Josh Braun. Here's why I'm thinking Josh Braun. I think that Josh Braun would activate Rayshon Harrison. And I think Dwayne Russell would just take 
possessions from Rayshon Harrison. Because I, I think that Rayshon Harrison is just like I think Dwayne Russell is just Rayshon Harrison with that. Okay. Do you think as far that, as like play style? So I think if think, we had Dwayne Russell, we just wouldn't see Rayshon Harrison doing what he does. Would that be a bad thing? I don't know. Do you think that would no? Cause I think it would make issues? us better. But what I'm saying is no. But like, so imagine if we have jo- we have we have Dwayne Russell right, and then it's like, well, Harrison just doesn't have the ball as much. Versus like, imagine we we have Josh Braun in there instead of Josh Baker. Like, imagine how like much better that team is. Sure, sure. The other kind of obvious one, like, and I, I the last time you asked me something like this, I said this is like, just imagine Keontae Vernon. <laughs> Love Keontae. Like, like, except for he couldn't shoot free like, throws. Like the jo- Gabe McLaughlin's life gets so much easier with Keontae Vernon. Yeah, yeah. Like, imagine, imagine they actually have to guard a guy inside, and you have Gabe McLaughlin. Like, McLaughlin is just gonna like he's gonna be open all game long. I don't know. So yeah. those are guys that I that I'm thinking of. Um, for me, um, I would go either. I, I got two options as well. Um, yeah. One of them, them is the same as yours. I got Dwayne Russell. Um, and the reason for yeah. that is you get paint penetration like you have with Rayshon Harrison. Um, and I think also a little bit better finish finishing ability. And then I just think he mm-hmm. he's more so of a take control of the game kind of guy. My other option would yeah. be similar to your Keontae Vernon. Uh, train of thought, but I would go with Asbury and Metcard because if you want to talk yeah. about if you want to talk about making life easier for Gabe McLaughlin, Asbury Metcard in there is. Dude, could you so imagine? Good. Could you imagine us with with Metcard and um and Yo just oh, anchoring man. the defense down low, and then whenever we wanted to, we could throw in a um McLaughlin Noah Bauman or a McLaughlin. Yeah. McLaughlin would start at the three and it would just be beautiful. Yeah. A beautiful sight. We'd be a really big team. Yeah. The other thing I thought of uh, too was Oscar Freyer. Um, yeah. Just like he, he, because he was like, he was just like, dude, he's just Mikel Bridges. Like we, he, he like gets players open. He was so, he was so good at that. Like, like getting just like finding open guys and like drawing double teams and passing. He was like maybe one of the best passers I ever, ever saw at GCU. Yeah. Yeah. And super athletic too. So athletic. Yeah. He, he got up there. The high flyer as they called him. Oh man. Rest yeah. in peace. Oscar Freire. Hey, but he's, he's with the Lord right now. So yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want to take that from him. No. Just so the, the lobes could be better. <laughs> right. Yeah. Hey, Oscar. <laughs> hey, Oscar. Great. I know you're hanging. I know you're hanging. But uh, the boys need you. <laughs> let's uh, let's do trivia time. Yeah, you want to? I went first last time. You want you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So you actually stole my last question. Well, you didn't steal oh, it. Man. You kind of kind of ruined it. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. You still ask me, and I could just get the free point. But I actually already forgot. So <laughs> you, you certainly could. Hey, um. You know, I'm going to ask it anyways, just to see if you can remember who has the highest winning percentage as a head coach for GCU. Oh, yeah. It's Paul Westfall. Yes, it was. It, Do you remember yeah. what the percentage was? I want to say he was the only one in the like in the 700s. So I want to say it was like low 700s. It, he, he actually wasn't the only one in the 700s. Um, another oh. one in the 700s was um, actually a relative. It was Bill Westfall. Oh, who yeah. was at seven seven three? Paul was at seven seven eight, right? Um, Bryce Drew yeah. is also in the seven hundreds. Yeah, with a much Bryce smaller. Bryce Drew's at seven one two. Yeah, 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 one hundred percent. Good. So, 
Um, that's really all the only question that I had prepared. Um, I guess another question I could ask you is who was the first head coach for GCU? I have no idea. Howard, I, I'm really bad about my GCU history. I'm gonna be honest, I don't know much of what happened before I went there. That's fine. That's fine. I Howard no Mansfield from 1949 to 19, 1951, he had a 0.09 winning percentage. Whoa. He was two that's and terrible. He was two and nineteen at the helm. Lopes up. <laughs> to which Dave Rizel went on and took the yeah. uh took took hold of the program. He went one of baseball fields named after him. Right. He went one fifty four and one thirty five. So he was just over five hundred. Yeah. That's I mean that's a huge improvement from two and nineteen though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All My, right, your turn. All right. Hey, I'm just gonna let you know. I found this stat and I thought, no way. And then I looked at the game in which the stat occurred and thought, oh my God. So I'm just going to tell you, I'm pretty sure we were at this game. Okay. Is, is the way I'm going to preface this. But okay. Do you know who leads the Lopes all time uh, in most steals in an individual game? <laughs> Connor, this is the worst game of basketball I've ever seen. The game that this took place in. Was it uh was it against UTRGV? No, it was not. Although that game was a travesty. <laughs> was that I know the exactly. one where hey, was that the game where we the started... last time we lost to them? Really? I looked, I was looking at that today. That's the last time we lost to them. Was Lou Hill the... absolutely outcoached Dan Marley. Rest, in, Rest peace. in peace. Great, but, great coach, man. But it's not that hard to outcoach Dan Marley. Dan Marley. Hey, oh, here's yeah. the thing though. Um, is, is is that game the one where we were chanting four foot five or whatever or five eleven or something yeah. to the to the short guy? Yeah. Yeah, no. I felt bad for his mom. She was at the game. That that must have been really well they won, so <laughs> that was brutal. Yeah. Gosh. Anyways, what game was it? Who 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 were we playing against? We were it was a non conference game. Okay. It was in November of twenty sixteen. We were freshmen. Oh shoot. Yeah, so was it was it, way back before the podcast. We were freshmen. Was it the Louisville game? No, it was okay. against SIU Edwardsville. Oh my gosh. And we lost. I do remember, remember this game. We left remember when we lost and went to Edwardsville. I, yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> With like and eight minutes left game, in the game. Yeah. So we lost a home game to Edwardsville. Hold up. Let me, can I pull up the roster? Oh, yeah. You're going to, you're going to lose your mind when you look at the roster. That's going to make it even better. Okay. This team um, was so fun, dude. Is it going to surprise me who had the most steals? No. It might not uh, be your first pick, but it shouldn't be surprising. So it wasn't Gerard Martin? It was Gerard Martin, yeah. Sick. That, yeah. That's that's my guess for anything defensive. With with seven. Seven steals. Seven steals. Let's in go. Game, in a loss against a really bad SIU Edwardsville team. Yikes, dude. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, distinctively awful, remember being like, this game is over. And we just went to Chick-fil-A and prayed for yeah. no, the Lopes to come I remember back, that too. I remember that too. Here, let me uh, let me pull up the actual roster from that year. This is hilarious. So you said it was 16-17, right? Oh, yeah. I have the box score this game right now. Fifi Adu! Yeah, dude, Fifi! Remember that guy? He was crazy. <laughs> this jo- was the year John before Washington. We, got, we got so many good players that next year. 
that Oscar was a freshman. Matt Jackson, yeah. dude, was serving dude. up coffees at GCBC. Yeah, worked at GCBC. That guy's awesome. Shaq Carr. Oh my yep. gosh. Yep. Bobakar Toure. I don't know who that is. Ibrahim. Yeah, our starting our starting lineup for that game: Dwayne Russell, Gerard Martin, Darian Clark, Oscar Freyer, Josh Braun. With Keontae Vernon, Shaq Carr, and Fifi Adu off the bench. Darian Clark. Dude. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. The next year, I think, was the year that we got um we got like a bunch of really good players in that next class. It was the class that took us to the tournament that next year. Uh so the the 2016-17, or no, this is this is 16-17. The 17-18 group was the group of guys that were seniors the year we went to the tournament, but it was Alessandro Laver uh and um, Robert Blumberg, Casey said Casey. Yep, all those guys. Benson, uh, yeah, dude. No, that that was a crazy class. Those guys were awesome for so long. Yeah. Uh, Wowzer. Alessandro Labor is on a lot of our all-time record leaders, which is really surprising. He was so good. Yeah, I really liked Alessandro, man. Hey, you know what's really crazy? And if, next time I see this guy, I'm gonna have to like give him a hard time. Do you yeah. know who's played the most minutes all time for GCU? Um, probably your athletic director. Yes, yeah, Jerome Garrison. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. When did he play? Uh, I want to say that he played on the cusp of D1. So I think his last year okay. was our first D1 year, I think. Oh, okay. But gotcha, I could be gotcha. wrong. I could be wrong. So yeah, he's he's a couple years older than us, like four or five. Yeah, no. Oh, no Gerard, that's that's Gerard in a Martin. season. Most minutes in a season. But yeah, Gerard Martin, Um, man, he's just awesome. Miss him a lot. Really mad that he's at Cal Baptist. Yeah. What a guy. Treason. Treason. Why isn't he on our staff? It's a great question. It's a great question. Somebody got to talk to Bryce Drew. I agree. Hey, so we got a couple of big games coming up this week. We do. One in particular, a massive game. Yeah. Um, But we're going to start off the week on Wednesday against Utah Tech. So here's what I'm going to say. I like that we have Utah Tech first. Yeah, absolutely. Because... Utah Tech is good enough that we could be susceptible to the same thing we saw in the Texas road trip, which is if we beat Utah Valley, we could get fat, dumb, and happy and then drop one to Utah Tech because they're not like they're they're not bad. Um, so I, I like that we have them first. Um, you know I, what I, I like, like better about it, Zach? There. What? What I like better about it is we have them on a Wednesday. Yeah, we so we get an day. extra day of preparation yeah. and rest. Yeah. So yeah. Utah Tech turns the ball over so much. Yep. They turn the ball over so much. And like we turn the ball over a lot, right? But like this team turns the ball over like it's one of the worst teams in the country at holding onto the ball. 331 in turnover percentage. And their defensive effective field goal percentage, like they're giving up. Like they're one of basically uh they're they're giving up, they're allowing some of the best effective field goal percentage in the country, and they're turning the ball over a bunch. And I think though those are really good things. For us, in that, like, those are things we struggle with is we turn the ball over a lot and we don't shoot very well. So, um, that is encouraging to me. Um, but, but we kind of, I mean, like, we're, we have injuries and I, I don't want to like blame things on that, but we are still kind of trying to figure out our team without Blackshear and YO. Yeah. So, so this might be, this might be helpful against a team that's not very, not very good defensively, uh, gives up a lot of good shots. And turns the ball over a lot. Uh, it might be good, especially for our defense that looked really lackluster on Saturday in Riverside. Um, so yeah, that'll be that'll be good. Yeah. Hey, uh, do you know what their top ten in the nation at? 
<laughs> I do. Free throws I do per field goal. <laughs> what is what? Just Free throw good. attempts divided by field goal attempts. Yeah, that, that's what it is. So, yeah, they're top eight in the nation in that. That's pretty cool. Okay, well, then. Uh, hey, another thing they're really good at is offensive rebounds on defense. They don't give a Sick. lot of offensive gonna... rebounds up. But, hey, uh, aside from that, they kind of stink. This team is on a four-game skid. They won their first conference game against Utah. Uh, not Utah. UTRGV, and then proceeded to lose four in a row. Granted, um, they lost at Utah Valley and at Cal Baptist, and then they lost the dreaded Texas boys, Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin, that was at home. So um, they're one and four, but they're a little better than the record indicates. Uh, GCU should still be able to win. We have an 84% chance to win, according to Ken Palm. I think that's right. GCU is nine point favorites. Do you think that we will cover nine or not? I got us covering nine, but not by a lot. Um, we did cover against Arlington. That's pretty easy to do when you win by 32. I, I've, I don't know that I've ever seen a line that's 32 in college basketball. Um, I could see us winning this by like 15. Here's but what I, I think. Yeah. If I were a betting man, this is what I would do. Which you are. Which I am. And this is, exactly I think that's the funniest joke that we have is if, if I were, if a, I were man, a betting man, knowing that I actually am, that you I'm are going to do, I'm <laughs> going to make exactly the bets I'm saying. Uh, and I, I, Hey, uh, shout out to me. Um, I don't know if you, <laughs> uh, if you've seen my, uh, whack against the spread. Yeah. Posts. Um, I, I have basically posted my, my betting advice for every single whack game and I have 19 wins, 16 losses and one push this season. So I'm, I'm making a little bit of money. Hey, you're uh, over, you're over 500. I am. I was nice 18, job. 11 and one until I went one for six on Saturday. That's uh, tough. Not a good showing. The only game I got right was Sam Houston uh, blowing out somebody bad. I really thought New Mexico state was going to cover 10 and a half and then they lost by 11 to UT Arlington. <laughs> So what do I know? But um, what I would do is this. We are nine point favorites. I would simply not bet on the game. And then at halftime, when we're down by four, Make I would bet GCU. Bet. Yeah, I would live bet GCU to win the game at halftime. That's what I would do. I would I would live bet our spread at halftime. Because what we're going to do is we're going to get down by 14. And then at the half, we're going to be down by four. And then GCU will be two point favorites. And then I'll take that. And then GCU will win by 16. So just I, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Given our track record, it seems to be that's what we do. Now that I've said that, we're going to come out like on a 38 to four run. And like it's going to be Alcorn State. It's going to be Alcorn State. Where, but like, I don't know. That's what we. It seems like we want to do. Uh, I don't know why we just can't play with intensity in the beginning of the game. Um, but yeah. So so I don't know. Uh, that's what it's looking like. Uh, I do think we're better than Utah Tech. I do think we'll beat them by by more than nine. So we got GCU winning by. More than nine against Utah Tech. You got that? Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. Okay, cool. So then we move on to the Saturday game. And like I said, it's nice to have that extra day of rest, um, an extra day of practice, extra day of preparation to uh, get ready for this Utah Valley team who, granted, um, while looking like one of the better teams in the WAC, did just lose their first conference game to a Seattle team who is absolutely garbage. And yeah, at home. At no. home. <laughs> I'm kidding. Seattle, I, as much as I hate to say it, you guys aren't garbage. Yeah. It's true. For some reason, um, Ken Palm has GCU winning this game. Really? Yeah. Three oh, points. Utah Valley money line's looking crazy. Not going to lie. Three point favorites. Yeah, Utah no, it definitely Valley is. Money line looking crazy. Uh, yeah. 60% chance to win. That's interesting. Um, 
I I would like to win. I think that'd be good if we did that. Uh, I don't know if we will. This team is also really solid defensively. They are. You know what I see when I watch this team, though? What do you see? I see Trey Woodbury just cook. Yeah. He's yeah. really good. But, like, seriously, a lot of, like, I feel like he bails this team out a lot. I feel like a lot of times when I watch them, Trey Woodbury just makes baskets exist out of nothing. And I feel like that works really well against not-so-great defenses. But I, I do kind of have, like, the, like, faith in our defense that, like, that he won't just be able he's, to do that. He's going to get locked down. Taren yeah, Armstrong maybe not style. locked down, but, like, maybe not Taron Armstrong style, but, like, <laughs> I don't think he's just going to be able to cook the way he has been. Sure. Um, so I, I hope to see us, like, you know, do something about him. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's very good. Uh, I want to say he's, like, third. Uh, no, he's not even in the top five in our whack player of the year standings justin Harmon is fifth he's on that team um he's he's also he's also very good but i i do yeah i feel like they rely a lot on um trey woodbury he's really good um obviously justin Harmon also very good currently fifth in whack player of the year according to ken palm um i just i think a lot of what they 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 do more individual stuff with the ball than a lot of other teams and i think that the lopes do well against that so uh, I'm excited to see how we do there. Um, but yeah, they are they are a pretty good defense. That worries me a lot. You want to know what worries me the most? What, what, what? They are 19th in the country in effective field goal percentage allowed. We're done for. Yeah, this is going to be <laughs> really bad. That's our worst. That stat alone is our worst nightmare, which that's is... A, that's our worst component. Yeah, which is uh, they force a bunch of bad shots. What's really surprising about that is despite them forcing a lot of bad shots and having a really good effective field goal percentage, they they're like one of they're one of the worst teams in the country in turnover enforcing turnovers. You'd think for a team that's making it really hard for you to get good shots, they'd also be forcing a lot of turnovers and they don't. So so that's encouraging because that's been the problem is GCU can't get the good shot. And so what they do is they make a dumb pass. I've seen that a lot. We saw that a bunch in the Stephen F. Austin game that we lost. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it doesn't look like that'll be the case. Um, so, so yeah, I think we're going to take a lot of bad shots. Um, I think uh, I think we're going to have a really hard time getting the ball inside. Uh, I think they're going to have, they're not going to be able to just ISO the way that they usually do because our defense, I think, is a little better than some of the other teams that perhaps they are used to playing against. But, um, but yeah, I am, I am interested uh, in seeing in seeing how that goes. I'm not feeling particularly great. Although what I will say is GCU is also very good in a, opponent effective field goal percentage. Sure. They're 19th or 20th. You know what I'm actually curious about is what, what determines like what's the criteria for a field goal being considered an effective field goal? Because if you look at, at their components their effective field goal percentage defensively really high like you said 19th in the nation but they give up a significant amount of offensive rebounds they're actually 252nd in the nation in giving up offensive rebounds and you got to think second chance opportunities those got to be considered effective field goals correct yeah so 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 no, no no uh effective field goal percentage what it actually is a measure of uh Maybe we've been talking about this wrong. Uh, 
it 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 takes into account made three pointers. So what okay. this means okay. is they're they're not so so it's basically the algorithm is uh it's uh three point field goals made times 0.5 plus field goals made. So you're getting an additional 0.5 for every three you've made. Okay. Um, okay. And so what this does is it says uh, what this metric does by this metric being really low and that they're not allowing a very good effective field goal percentage. Uh, it tells me that they are running teams off the line mm-hmm. and that scares me to death. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Reasonably because, so. Because what we need is what we are. My favorite thing is like, or my least favorite thing rather is we, we set that uh, uh, black uh, not, uh, McLaughlin's going to set that high screen for Baker and Baker is going to try to dribble to the top of the key. And McLaughlin's man is going to hedge that screen. And Baker is going to have to take another two steps back and is then going to be 30 feet from the basket. Yeah. And then he's going to dribble handoff to Chance McMillan. And Chance McMillan is going to dribble between his legs 17 times and do the exact same thing that Baker just did and dribble handoff to Harrison. And then there's going to be four seconds on the shot clock. That exact play that I just said will happen at least five times in this game. And that's like, that's my worst nightmare is uh, they're just, they're just going to run us off the line. They're going to hedge screens. We're not going to be able to drive and it's going to be really ugly. We're going to have a, we're going to have a run where we kind of break them down and we're going to like do what we do. And it's just going to be, is that run going to be big enough for us to win the game? Can we stick in it enough for that run to actually matter? Right. We need to not get behind, but, but yeah, I, I'm not, that does not bode well for us. I think, um, Maybe it does because we shot too many threes in that last game. Like we'd rely way too much on the three. So I don't know. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, you say you got you got money lined for Utah Valley, right? Yeah, Utah Valley to win the game. And they'll you got get them on. winning. I got GCU, well, yeah. I got GCU by one. So not covering plus three. So so here's the deal. Uh Utah Valley is going to be a plus odds to win this game, given that they're three point dogs. And that is too good to pass up. Yeah. I don't know. I don't exactly know what the identity of the Slopes team is without Blackshear right now. You're right. Um, but so, keep in mind, this is this is arguably, aside from the New Mexico State game, the biggest home game of the season. Unless you want to count senior night and homecoming against Seattle U, which... Uh, I don't we, care about those. Um, I, that doesn't matter to me. I think that you're right. I think this is the second biggest home game of the year. And And when it comes down to it, hopefully... Crowd's gonna show up. Havocs, Havocs always show up. Didn't seem like they did against UT Arlington. So well, yeah, you might be right. UT Arlington kind of stinks. But anyways, against Utah Valley, I you got to think it's gonna be a good crowd. It's a Saturday night, so more than likely it's gonna be more full than the Wednesday game. Oh, I'm not gonna be able to watch this game. Dang it, Zach! No, I'm going to the Suns game with my nephews. It's their Christmas present. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Who are the Suns playing? They're playing the Pacers. Ooh. So, so, so maybe the story, they'll win. Probably not. The story there. Uh, no, the Suns are the Suns are toast until Booker. It, they'll win if Booker comes back. Um, well, they'll win the, if they're playing the Warriors or the Lakers or the Warriors. Yeah, they yeah they own the Warriors and the Lakers. Um, my one of my nephews who's like six years old, for whatever reason, has decided that his favorite player in the NBA is Jalen Smith, <laughs> <laughs> the Suns' first round pick from a couple years ago, whom we okay. traded to the Pacers for Tory Craig after trading Tory Craig away for cash considerations previously, uh, the offseason before. Um, <laughs> and Jalen Smith is on the Pathers, and now he's actually like getting minutes and doing pretty well. So this guy loves Jalen Smith. It's to the point where uh, 
I got them like so. Uh, we got a Nintendo Switch. We have a Switch in our cabin up in Prescott. So whenever they go up there, uh, they play the Switch. And on the Switch, we have the new 2K. And so <laughs> there's there's four boys. It's it's 2K my, on my the four Switch. Nephews. Dude, yeah, they love 2K on the Switch. They go nuts for it. These four boys, what they do is they'll play like pickup games, right? So they'll do like the pickup 2v2 mode, where like so like blacktop, but. Yeah, yeah blacktop but it's like just the four of them okay. they play 2v2 and you pick any character you want and so it's the funniest thing because it's like michael jordan lebron james colby bryant and jalen smith <laughs> <laughs> and the, the youngest one he just picks jalen smith every game so smith. So he's a man funny. among boys in that group <laughs> no one wants him on their team so all the other brothers are like i'm not having jalen smith on my team against like mj and lebron um but so I thought like, oh, this is the first like Saturday game that we can go to and like Jalen Smith. So it'd be funny. So that's why yeah. that's why I chose that game. Um, but that's where I'll be on Saturday. So I'll have to rewatch. Maybe I'll try to like maybe I'll try to not be an internet user and like watch it Sunday without getting it spoiled for me. Very good. Yep. I don't know if that's gonna be possible. But um, but yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Um man, we're just gonna get run off the line, and I think it might not be very good. The reason I got GCU by one is because the year that we last covered this season, um, eighteen nineteen, I believe it was, Utah mm-hmm. Valley smoked us in in Orem, and then we played them at home later in the season, and I I particularly remember being at that game and we were up by one, and there was a defensive possession where we had to get a stop and we got a stop and it was bonkers in the crowd, and I'm just um. I'm just hoping that happens for for every lovely person who decides to. That go game to the was game awesome. I remember that game. That game's awesome. So yeah, and we, we went on to beat by them one. in Whack Vegas that year too, right? Yeah, we did. I remember that very vividly because I went to the very next game, which was the the championship game, and we got man got okay. absolutely smacked. So yeah, it is what it is. It is. Yeah. Well, that'll be that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how we do against the Utah teams. Going to be a lopes up for me. Very, very articulate. Very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. It's gonna be a lopes up from Zach, guys. Yep, that's me. Lopes up. So, so you got you got Utah Valley winning it out, right? I know. I said in the last episode that it's more than likely that the lopes are gonna go one and one this week. I still think that's probably the case, but my heart is going two and zero. Oh, and uh, if we go two and zero, oh, I think I'll be feeling a lot better. We especially from what we said at the beginning. Yeah. Um, or from Monday's episode, um, it seems that we have we've switched. But yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think that's right. Which is, I think I was, I was, I was pulling for like, no, we can go two and zero, and I still think we can go two and zero. I just think that Lopes being favored makes Utah Valley money line the better bet. Um, like and if you were a better, bet. if you were a betting man, which I am, that's the bet. Um, with that being said, I, I like the Lopes. I, I like the Lopes to win. I think they definitely can. But man, it, it's going to be ugly. Like it can be very, it's going to be frustrating. I can just tell you now it's going to be frustrating because they're going to force us to shoot a bunch of bad shots. And that's what drives me crazy. We're going to dribble around for 24 seconds and get bad shots. And uh, that might be enough to win uh, because, because like generally speaking, we, we force a lot of bad shots and they're not very, they're not very keen on making us turn it over. So that might be enough to keep us in it. Plus like just willpower. We, we want it. So I don't know, man. Uh, I like to see us win. We are Ken Palm number ninety-eight. They're number ninety-two. So that would be uh, be solid and nice. Yeah, be kind of nice if we could win that one. It'd be really good for us in the Wimmers as well. It would be really good in the Wimmers. Yeah. Hey, also um, looking ahead too. Um, yeah. Imagine we get the two and zero week, right? Yeah. The following week we have Abilene and Tarleton. 
yeah granted a texas yeah. trip but still probably yeah, we can we win we can win we can sweep that yeah that's a, that's a solid that, that might be the easiest road trip in the conference to sweep i think so as well but hey Ball look at this Adler. okay so we have those two games and then we have one game the following week oh against oh, Stephen just... f austin yeah, at home. At home. That's in a revenge game because we lost to them. And, and that's that's awesome because full week to prepare for it. And then after that, New Mexico State. Man, our life gets kind of a lot easier after this week. Yeah. Yeah. But granted, after that New Mexico State game, we are going to Seattle, which is considered a quad B game. I simply cannot wait to beat Seattle twice this year. It's going to be glorious. Simply wonderful. So yeah, that, that's what we have. Utah Tech, Utah Valley. Um, that'll be interesting. Looking at kind of the other things happening in the WAC this week, I, I think the well that GCU Utah Valley game I think is the best game. If you're if you're gonna pick one game to watch on Saturday, it's probably that one. That'll just be a really good game. Um, when is that SFA versus Sam yeah, Houston? Yeah, that's on Thursday. That's so a that'll Thursday be the, that'll be the big game Thursday. Um, uh, and then both the Wednesday games shouldn't be particularly close. Uh, Utah Valley is hosting Abilene Christian. GCU is hosting Utah Tech. Um, I imagine that they'll both be like eight or nine point favorites. Um, and then Thursday, um, New Mexico State's hopeless. They're in Southern Utah. They're probably going to lose. UTRGV is playing at UT Arlington. That game's a mid-off. That game, here's the thing. That game's actually important um, in that... UTR UT Arlington actually does kind of have some hope now of getting out of 13th and, and making top 12, making Las Vegas and uh, New Mexico state's probably gonna lose to Southern Utah. So if UT Arlington just can win that home game against UTRGV, uh, they'll just be moving up in the world, you know, like they'll be getting closer to New Mexico state. So that, that game does matter um, for them. I guess for both of them, Tarleton at Seattle, U. I don't expect to be, I don't, I'm not putting Seattle, U on upset alert there. I think they'll be fine. Um, the GCU Utah Valley game Saturday will be really good. Um, other, other, another good game to look at is Southern Utah at Seattle on Saturday, I think will also be really good. Yeah. Um, that's a four o'clock game. The GCU games at six. So if you're interested in a whack double header, that's what I would suggest. Um, New Mexico state's playing at Utah tech Saturday. Is that a game they can win? Maybe Tarleton and Cal Baptist are going to have a mid off in Riverside. Um, and Sam Sam Houston's gonna own UTRGV. So, what do you think about Sam Houston? Where do you think they will end up? Well, I was actually gonna ask you the same question. Uh, do you think they're dead? <laughs> no. Me, Sam Houston's that's, dead. That's that's funny. Uh, they don't look good. They don't I, look good. I I don't. I, they're definitely not gonna get the one seed, at least in my opinion. They they don't deserve it. But then again, the Wimmers is all knowing in its ways. Um uh they can definitely get the one seed. They're going to play They're 0.12 away from getting the one seed. I know, I know, I know, but like they don't deserve it. They if, don't deserve If it. they win on Thursday against Stephen F Austin, Seattle is playing Tarleton, Utah Valley is playing Abilene Christian. It's very possible that they can be the they'll be the one seed in 5 days. They have 3 losses already. Yeah. And Seattle has none. They're dead. I'm sorry. They They're should dead be dead. What? They, they, they should, should be, dead? be dead. Yes, they should be, but we we don't have standings. We have the winners. So, ah. right. I agree. Ah. Utah Valley. If Sam Houston, look, if Sam Houston wins on Wednesday, they're the one seed is my, is my hot take. Not for the rest of the season. I'm saying like, 
if they win Wednesday, they will be the one seed on Thursday. It's not a take. Um, it's just it's just facts. Yeah. So that's that's what we have. I, I don't think they're dead. They have a stretch right now. Hey, on Ken Palm, do you know how many more games are projected to lose? What, two? Zero. <laughs> okay. They have Stephen F. Austin at home. That's still a tough game. Like, they could seriously lose that game. Yeah, yeah. Stephen F. Austin's pretty, then, pretty solid. Then they have UT RGV at home, which I think they'll win that one pretty easily. Then they have Seattle U at home, which, like, Seattle U just won in Utah Valley. Crazier things have happened. Sam Houston's kind of skidding. So, right, so that kind of similar to Stephen F. Austin. We're like, they should probably win. They can probably lose, right? Then they have UT RGV on the road. Then they have UT Arlington on the road. Then they have Abilene Christian on the road. Then they have UT Arlington at home. Then they have Tarleton on the road. It's so like, yeah, they could win all those games. They could totally win all those games. Cal Baptist at home, Southern Utah at home. Then they play a hard game, Stephen F. Austin on the road, and then Abilene Christian. If you told me that they win every single one of those games, but the game at Stephen F. Austin, I'd say, yeah. Yeah. So, so no, they're yeah. not dead. Um, they could they could very easily win what eleven out of their last twelve with with the schedule they have. Um, so yeah, we we say like, oh, like, like they're three and three, they're dead. It's like no, they're three and three with the hardest part of their schedule out of the way. Their losses are to the number one, four, and five teams in the conference, and they're they're gonna play. They only play Seattle U once, and it's at home. The only other team in the top five they haven't played. So, uh, they're not playing GCU again. They're not playing Utah Valley again. Uh, they have Seattle U at home, and they have Southern Utah at home. So yeah, they could. Uh, they have Stephen F. Austin twice. That'll be tough, right? But like, yeah, they could very easily go go eleven and eleven and one and finish. Uh, I don't know what that leaves them at fourteen and four. Yeah, and, and get the one seed. Fifteen. So no, no you're right. 15, fourteen and four. Yeah. So they're not dead by any means, but um, you know, they had their tests. They they didn't look great. They have a stretch to figure it out, and I think they will. Um, I, I This team is definitely still going to be top four. I really wouldn't be surprised to see them be number one. The WAC is not an easy conference. Sam Houston is not as good as we thought. Where Looking at their non-conference, watching them beat Oklahoma and Utah on the road, we thought, like, man, this team's just going to, like, like, we thought, like, yeah, there's some WAC teams that are pretty good, but Sam Houston is, like, actually good like i think i think what what we mean is we have varying levels of good sometimes when they say teams are good we mean according to the whack but it, it's important to note that teams that are good according to the whack are not actually good in the like at large sense well they're just not good and, in general right and so there were ideas that like no sam houston is actually an at-large caliber team which would put them far and away above the rest of the whack and i would say that's not the case they're a very good whack team they're not on the level of those like teams that are on the bubble, Utah Valley and Sam Houston, one of those teams, like those are probably still the favorites. With that being said, Seattle U, Southern Utah, GCU, and Stephen F. Austin have all shown that they are capable of beating those teams, uh, which I think they are. And because of that, it, it's entirely possible that one of those four teams goes on a run. Something to keep an eye on, certainly. Uh, Southern Utah has an interesting set of games this week. Um, New Mexico State at home. And Seattle U on the road, that's just like Seattle, Southern Utah and Seattle U is like the the most just like question mark game on the planet for me. Like I have no idea what's going to happen there. Um, they did they did pick up a really nice win against Stephen F. Austin at home on Saturday. These guys have a have a really remarkable schedule. They're five and one. Uh, their only loss is to Tarleton on the road, which granted isn't super great. They did beat. Uh, they did sweep the Sam Houston, Stephen F. Austin home trip. 
and uh, they don't play Stephen F. Austin again. So uh, they're in kind of a nice spot, I think. Um, they still have Utah Valley on the road. They still have Sam Houston State on the road. Uh, they still have Seattle U on the road. They have GCU at home. So a tough schedule for them, but a, but a pretty hot start. They're currently fourth. It could go either way in, in my mind between them and GCU as far as who's going to get the fourth by or even Stephen F. Austin. They've dropped pretty significantly, um, but I actually I actually think Stephen F. Austin's pretty good. I think that's my, my game of the week. Stephen F. Austin on Thursday plays at Sam Houston. Um, oh, absolutely. That's a, that's a really good game. Um, and a game that I think is really important, right? That's a game that uh, if Sam Houston wins that game at home, it probably pivots them into the one seed, like we said. If Stephen F. Austin is able to find that win, they're going to jump GCU and Southern Utah and find themselves in the in the area of a first round bye. So really, a, a really important game, and just it's going to be just a good game. Those are your top six. I think after that top six, there is a pretty significant drop. I do think that any of those six teams seriously could be the team that goes to the NCAA tournament from the WAC. I think any of those six teams could beat any of the other teams on a neutral court. Though that's my thoughts. You're you're, you're kind of smirking. Do you do you not think so? I just do you think some of these teams are, are bad. You're referring to the top six, correct? Yeah, Utah Valley, yeah, Seattle, no, U, Sam you're, Houston. You're totally Southern right. Utah, here's what I here's what I think is that um, GCU is not going to win the tournament. Yeah, but okay, it's like so. Like here's the deal, right? Why not? Because we have no depth and we can't score. You don't think we're, uh, are we going to get Yo back? If we get Yo back, then that's one thing. But we also we, still we don't are we'll get it back by Wack Vegas. Yeah, it's just it's tough, Zach. I, I I know that I'm being really critical of the team that we cheer for, and that's very typical. But dude, I'm surprised you're not in the same boat with me because you you are sometimes hypercritical of the Lopes as well. Yeah, I don't. There's something about this team. Here's what it is, Connor. The, the it's been like this all year. And this is the first season that we've watched GCU basketball where it's been like this, where I've been higher on the Lopes than you, because generally you're right. I am more critical. Here's what I think. The Lopes have that like will and desire to win more so than previous Lopes teams. And I think that that intangible is really important because I think we've seen previous Lopes teams with a lot of talent, but it's like this team doesn't want it. They're not going to beat New Mexico State in a big game. Um, right. And that's been the thing of the past. Like, sure, they have talent, but nothing's nothing's changed on that front. This team, I believe, has that. And what that means is uh, I can't, like, I will never count them out of any game. There's no game we're going to play that I think we can't win. And because of that, I think that there is a chance that we can win Whack Vegas. I also think the teams that have looked like perennials don't look so great, right? Like, Utah Valley just lost to Seattle U. Sam Houston has lost three of their last six. Right? Is it anarchy so, or is it just college basketball? All right, John, relax. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think like, sure, it's it's very narrowly possible that another team could do it, right? And they say like, I'm sure that I'm sure that Stephen F. Austin could beat Sam Houston, right? And and so if if Stephen F. Austin can beat Sam Houston, then maybe like Cal Baptist will beat Stephen F. Austin in the next round. We you know like something like that could happen. Um, yeah, that's that's what I that's what I got. So yeah. All right, awesome. You have anything else whack related, GCU related for us? Um, no, not really. Um, I'd like to see us get get top four. I'd like to see us get a buy. So, uh, I am going to be keeping a, a watchful eye on Southern Utah, who is just above us. Oh, well, well, we've kind of said it doesn't really matter where we're ranked. 
Um, getting that buy is really important. So Southern Utah has their work cut out for them this week. They have New Mexico State at home, who is terrible, but like we said, talented at any given time. They could kick it into gear with their talent and figure it out. Uh, then they have in Seattle, which which is probably going to be a tough task. So uh, if GCU does find a way to go 2-0 and and Southern Utah loses that Seattle game like they're supposed to, uh, I think we'll find ourselves um, back in the top four, which is where we want to be. So, so yeah, that's what I have. Whoops up. Let's right. let's get her done. All right. Sounds good. Well, go out and support the Lopes this week. A couple of home games. You got the Wednesday game against Utah Tech. That'll be a 7 p.m. tip. And then Utah Valley on Saturday. That'll be a 6 p.m. tip. Make sure you're loud and proud at that Utah Valley game. The Lopes are going to need everything they can for help. And uh, other than that, we'll, we'll be uh, back at it on Monday. So Lopes up. Big by McMillan for three. Dishes out the blocker for three. Go! Harrison, up high, put back by the corner. Push back out, Harrison quickly to the clock and drives baseline. Barrel, no doubt about it. Oh, Barrel, you bounced out of your seat on that. I did it, Barrel, with a big right hand, give a loaf of three-point advantage. I'm adding him to my list of, like, random best obscure greatest of all times but i'm not gonna put any i'm not gonna put any sort of like caveat with that i'm just gonna say brock purdy <laughs> the greatest of all time <laughs> greatest of all time like There's black no with his foot thing. on the line ruckers against purdue and purdue's number one brock, brock purdy, purdy. <laughs> <laughs> perfect that's the list right now that's the list <laughs>